0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Who wants yesterday's papers? Who wants yesterday's girl? Who wants yesterday's papers? Nobody in the world.
2: Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the enterprise editor at the Times. Joining us today is Mario Garcia, the CEO and founder of Garcia Media. He has worked as a design and editorial consultant in 120 countries and redesigned more than 700 newspapers. But he's also a specialist in mobile storytelling and transforming newsrooms for the digital world. His latest book, The Story, will be released September 15th. We're lucky that he's in town today and even luckier to have him in the studio. So today's topic, Talking Design with Mario Garcia. So tell us about the book. Tell us about what you're trying to preach to our brethren.
1: The book is, is quite exciting. I mean, I didn't think I would write another book. I had already done 13 books. I'm 72 years old. And, you know, at this age, you just take it one step at a time and you say, I don't need to write another book. But, you know, books sometimes, and and you are journalists, stories sometimes grab you by the neck and grab you and grab you and say, write me, write me, write me. And this book wanted to be written. I mean, it was following me. And so uh, I decided that I wanted to share... Uh, my experience in working with newsrooms around the world in terms of how we need to actually transform ourselves, transforms the way we practice our craft, to um, write stories that are better consumed on the phone. Uh, I would say that 75% to 80% of all the newspapers and magazines of the world continue to write it. They're digitally minded. They're writing for a website. If they're not, they are still writing for print. You come into these newsrooms and they tell you, we are digital first. I don't believe it anymore. Because if you sit in their morning meetings, they're planning tomorrow's newspaper. And so after seeing that hundreds of times, I said, maybe it is time to, to preach the gospel. And I think it should be done exactly the way People consume news. So then the next idea was, I want to write a book to be consumed on the phone. And there were obstacles along the way because there hasn't been a book written for the phone. Most digital books are written for Kindle, iPads, and you flip the pages. You know, very intuitively, just like you flip the pages of a printed book. On the phone, we don't like to swipe as much as we like to scroll. So the book had to be... A, you know a scrolling kind of book one main idea per screen and that's how i wrote uh the book i mean it, it was fun i mean at my age to sit there and write this book as a designer do it in InDesign, and then be able to make a pdf and see it on my phone instantly remember the other books i wrote were traditional books so you will write today eventually you will edit it you will send it to uh to the printers, maybe you'll see galleys four months later, and then six months later you will see a better version of it, and eventually the book will come out two years later. So to write something, I would sit in my apartment in New York and I would write this, and then transform it into a PDF, what I had written, because I was writing and designing at the same time. This is another one of the miracles of of today's technology, and then I would see it immediately the way the reader is going to see it. I mean, I'm still amazed by this
2: it's, it's interesting In, instant gratification how, i know <laughs> but it, and you're so excited about where we are and where we could go
1: right absolutely because you know a lot of people lament what was right i celebrate what is and you know and i think you age is not uh something that 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 will put you into a little box uh at 72 a lot of my contemporaries still romance print well, I romance storytelling. I train to be a journalist. I train to tell stories. And I believe that now we have the possibilities to tell stories so much better. I mean, you can use audio. You can use uh, film. You can use video. You can appeal to the senses. So this is the best time to be a storyteller. And again, celebrating is what it's all about. That This book is a celebration of journalism. This book is a celebration of how we can tell stories better for the platform where 82% of the people are consuming it.
0: Is it inhibiting at all? You come of an age when people could design double trucks. Designers would get a whole double truck, and it was exciting to have that much space. Is it inhibiting as a designer to have only a few inches to do your work? It
1: is is a challenge, but this is where the challenge lies. When you are reading in print or when you're reading even um, on a laptop, your canvas is much larger. So let's say that we're doing a story a disaster story, you know, there has been a hurricane or there has been a fire. The moment you open a double truck, I like that term. I hadn't heard that in a long time, like <laughs> I appreciate it.
2: We still do double trucks. We do. I'm
0: excited when Tara does a double truck. <laughs> a
1: double truck. The moment you open up, uh, you see, you have the eyes will move. We've done these pointer studies on eye track through the years. And the eyes move on a printer page from 32 to 35 seconds, doing reconnaissance. In a double truck, you got the headline, you got the five photos of the disaster, maybe in larger type of blurb. All of that, all of these signals, you've gotten. Here, you have four seconds to seduce me. First of all, if there are 10 photos of the disaster, I don't know that they are there. So the headline must tell you, We show you how the hurricane struck. We show you. So the headline is telling me I'm going to show you because I can see more than what is on the first screen. And if that first screen has motion, it's even better to make you thumb up and go on. So the challenge for the designer and the challenge for the storyteller is that in four seconds, you've got to tell me what you're going to show me. Okay? That is the first challenge for most journalists and designers in a newsroom. The second challenge, which I want to make sure I don't forget, is the concept of editioning versus following the story. The average journalist who comes to work in a newspaper like this, in a newsroom, is thinking of an edition, what I call the full watermelon. Okay, We all have been trained to tomorrow's newspaper, next week's magazine, if you're in television, the 6 o'clock newscast, the 10 o'clock newscast, that the world today doesn't move according to editions. You follow the story. And that story, is hurricane story, you're updating every 10 minutes. Forget tomorrow's newspaper. Forget tonight's people are following stories uh, throughout the day. So to, to train a journalist of a certain age, and as I said, I spend my, my life telling babies of 55, 48, 55, and 60 to transform themselves to reinvent themselves. And the reinvention is in these two areas. First, don't think additions. Follow the stories. What are the stories that we need to update today? Because people are not waiting for the 6 o'clock newscast or tomorrow's newspaper. The second is this concept of you now are working with the smallest canvas. You have to really create interest in this, the smallest canvas of them all. But it can be done. And so for me, in my book... How could I create and maintain the interest? And, and of course, I would test. This is a textbook, after all. I hope that every journalism student will read it. Um, and so I would test it with my Columbia University students. As I was writing, I would come in the class. And of course, they all the book will always be with them. They all have a phone in their hand. Can you imagine when you went to college, and you had the book was always there to remind you, you have a 10-minute break at the doctor's office, Read a little segment. I don't call them chapters. Have a conversation, you know, with your phone. And so uh, the third important point that I don't want to forget is that this is the journalism of interruptions. If you are a designer today, if you are a journalist, you are dealing with interruptions at all times. This is a phone, after all. It rings. I mean, it sends you to Instagram. It sends you to Facebook. And so... When, when you're reading here, there will be interruptions. That's why shorter paragraphs are better than long paragraphs. Subheads are internal navigation. They keep you rolling along. Visuals are going to be almost like words. If you lead into a video, uh, if you're interviewing the head of the fire department uh, at the scene of a fire, you don't repeat what the video is going to say. You might say, um, the head of the fire department uh, express. Um, you know his emotions about this, and then on video, this guy will say, "This is the worst fire I ever saw." Videos also. This is this is interesting about this platform. It is a little bit of cinema, cinematography. It is radio. It is television. It is newspapers, and it's all of the above and none of the above. I mean, in television, video can be two minutes here, twenty-eight seconds. So edit, give me short snippets. And if you have a long video, you can edit it to be longer. Um, whatever you present here, uh, audio, short takes. A podcast is to, to relax with it. And I think that one of the, uh, one of the experts I, I, I quoted for the book, who was an engineer actually from Apple, um, she told me that when you, her, her way of putting this to me has been very profound. She said, when you are reading in print... Or when you're reading on your iPad, you are scuba diving. You're deep down there. You can really take all of this information and meditate on it. When you are reading on the phone, you're snorkeling. You're bumping into things. You're coming back for air. And I think that that is the key to how journalists need to approach this. But um, when I was in Norway, and I met you ladies in Norway, the conference was all about about long-form journalism. There is a misconception by the public and by journalists that this platform, the phone, is only for snippets and short information. People lean forward into the phone 114 times average a day for whatever, to order pizza, to get navigation, to get somewhere, also to read. At the same time, they lean back. If you seduce them with your story, they will lean back and read with you.
2: What are some of the, like, so you've been in this business a long time. You've seen this evolution that we've made. What are some of the design uh, philosophies that you still hold on to that you had 40 years ago, say?
1: A good question because for the, when I have finished the book.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com weightloss weight loss.
1: I remember it was a very snowy winter day in New York. Couldn't go anywhere. Had the time... And so I said, I'm going to go to my bookshelf and take out the other 13 books, put them on the coffee table to see. And I hadn't done that. I am not a person to look into the past. I always move forward. So I hadn't done this exercise. So I put all these books in there, beginning with my 1974 book, and then contemporary newspaper design and color in American newspapers, all of these. And I said, I want to make sure that... I will open up a page and see what is the message from each of these books that still lives today. It took me two days to do that. And then the final chapter is called Legacy. And we did a beautiful design with just one statement from each book. And at the end, um, the three things that I still value is make it easy to find. I was saying that, you know, 46 years ago. Make it easy to find. Make it easy to read, the type has to be legible. If it's not, if the eyes cannot handle it optically, um, your best story is going to be uh, unread. And finally, the final one is make it visually appealing, but that's not the first criteria. If you are a diehard designer, you say, make it beautiful. Well, we're not in the decorating business, and we are not in the business of making things look pretty. We are in the business of editorial design is about make it easy to find, make it easy to read. And so that, those three principles have guided my work and they still guide my work today. The whole idea of make it easy to find is even more important. One more uh, caveat about design. Uh, in the world of print, design surprises are very welcome. I mean, you're doing the food page, uh, what I call the avocado page. I mean, if you're going to do a, an annual story about avocados, which they all do, Or you're going to do, you know, Thanksgiving. Uh, You want to reinvent yourself. And that's perfect. In the world of digital, familiarity is more important than visual surprises. Uh, This, technically, you have to be aware that it's not just opening up a newspaper and sitting there with your coffee. This is technology which, for many people, is quite um, interesting but challenging. Not everybody is a techie. A lot of people don't use their phone to maybe seventy percent of its potential because they don't know. They just know how to answer the phone and maybe how to find uh, an email. Um, so here, I use always used to say in the world of print, there should be um, is, you know forty percent formula and sixty percent surprise. You know, surprise me, but you have to begin with a template know, the typefaces, the color, the grid. Here is basically 60% formula. I, I just want to make sure that if I come to my morning Tampa Bay Times or New York Times, it pretty much looks the same. And all of us have columnists that we go to for a second. Let me find that as opposed to, oh, they changed the color palette. Look at the surprise that they have. The surprise is going to be the content. And that is part of the reason that I have called my book, titled it The Story, because if there is one thing that hasn't changed, is if you have a good story, people are going to read it, whether it's on this platform on whatever platform, and they will struggle with you. I always used to say that about content in general. I mean, in the days when we had classified pages and phone books, uh, the type was always six point. But if you're looking for a phone number you would struggle with that. The phone books never went to 10-point type. It was always 6-point. The classified pages, you're looking for a job, the smallest type in the newspaper was there. You're looking for a piano, the smallest type was there. So we struggle with visuals when we are interested in the content. If you had a hell of a story and you said it in small type, people probably will struggle with you. Not that I recommend you do that. But um, if you have a beautifully decorated story that doesn't hold your interest, whether here, print, phone, whatever, they abandon you. The readers are very smart about to seduce a reader uh, into a story It's a challenge. It always was. It continues to be. Here, the challenge is even greater because even a two-year-old knows that if you thumb up, you are going into something else that might be more interesting. So the lead of the story, the beginning of the story, extremely important. Extremely important. The visual, sometimes here, your, your lead is not words. Your lead is a gift. You know, you see rain coming, or you see the building coming, and that is your lead. For journalists, this is very difficult to assimilate because, you know, I have been a reporter. You come back to, this, to the scene of the newsroom thinking, how am I going to begin my story? Well, if you are a, a mobile-first writer, you're saying maybe... I have come to do the first day of kindergarten, a feature story that is done every year. Okay, maybe I will begin with the teacher at the piano and the children singing. No words. The headline, you know, and, you know, a visual that you hear the children sing, and then comes your lead. But the lead is the second thing that the reader will see. That, for writers, um, is difficult, and... Even my students, who are 22 years old, getting their masters at Columbia fresh, they don't remember life without Google. I tell them I remember life with Gutenberg. (laughs) True. And so um, they are training to be journalists. They're taking this, you know, hardcore writing and editing classes at Columbia University. It takes two or three weeks for me to see them emerge into my lead is a visual. Um, 22 years old. But they already said, but, you know, and some of them will say, but my words are so beautiful. I think that this would be a better lead than, than the visual. Can I put the visual second? And we go through this. In fact, for every story, when they pitch stories to me, I said, show me the first screen with a headline. And if, if the first screen is not working, so all of these are the new challenges for, for people like you who write. I mean, think of the first screen. And if you think screen, a little canvas, a mini poster, you're going to think a visual and not just words.
0: That seems to call for a change in process in a big way too. I mean, I remember hearing someone speak at Norway and she said she didn't write her lead until she knew what the headline and the subhead were going to be because those are the first words they encounter. I write my lead because that's how I want to drop people into the stories and often we don't write our own headlines, right? right? I don't take my own pictures. I don't do my own design. So i um, I hear you saying we're going to need a lot more collaboration and and that
1: even words people are going to be needing to think visually. And the designers um, in the right places are not even called designers. They're called visual storytellers. So you are going to write a story in a linear way where you show and tell. Because, again, this is a point we haven't talked about. Um, Here, we tell stories the way you communicate when you're texting with someone. I mean... I was, text, I was running this morning through St. Petersburg. I hadn't been here for a long time, but it was familiar territory, you know? And so I, um, I took a picture of, of the sun rising and the palm trees, and the person I was communicating with had said, and look at these mornings in Florida. Picture. And then I continued with my narrative. And here I am at this hotel, uh, which is really where uh, so many things have happened. In fact, my, my daughter had her wedding reception at this hotel. So immediately I sent a picture of the hotel. But there was a narrative. You write and you show. You write and you show. Children's books were always like this. Mm-hmm. I went back for the research of my book to uh, Winnie the Pooh, 1926. It was already written like this. Winnie the Pooh enters the scene. There is Winnie the Pooh. And then you write to what happens. And then... Scene number two. So you always intuitively, you write and you show, you write and you show. So yes, processes have to change. And you have to be on top of the headline because you may have the best story in the world, but if the headline is written for print, um, it could be uh, more vague than it is, you know. Uh, When I do these workshops, I was doing one of them in Berlin recently, and it was a brilliant story about, I mean, in Berlin, a trip to Auschwitz. And so the headline for a wonderfully done story was Trip to Auschwitz. Well, no. Tell me what you're going to tell me. So the writers, the whole dynamics are going to be transformed. Newsrooms are going to have to make sure that the visual storytellers and the writers work very closely together.
2: So I have one last throwback question while we have you because there are still people like us who are also you know, still trying to do good things in print. So how can newspapers be refreshed? What do you think? What do you th- Have we fallen into ruts there, too?
1: I think we have to refresh the editors first.
2: Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I
1: think um, one bucket of water will not do it. <laughs> I can tell you that. No, I mean, newspapers, I think that the formula, and of course, if anybody had the formula, this will be a very valuable formula, is that the story is the most important thing. But in today's environment, you're dealing with the, what I call the media quintet. People read headlines on their watches. Uh, There is a phone. There is the tablet. You have to have a newsroom that takes a story and then has the ability to say, this story fits here, but then this is a treatment we're going to give it here. And not necessarily on the same day. You might have a digital story that appeared here digitally today, but it will be three days later in the weekend edition with a totally different treatment because print still can do something better than any of the others which is big photos you're talking double trucks i love that (laughs) i mean i'm going to be thinking double trucks today lane um but anyway the new york times the guardian the washington post they are aware of this you cannot do visually with a photo here what you can do uh, you know the a baseball player hits the ball and you win, and this is, this is the, the, the World Series. That photo, double truck, nine columns across, you can do here. So the editors who are aware, print is not going to die, but it's no longer the protagonist. You know, it's in the background. It's not Diana Ross. It's one of the Supremes. Ha, 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 you know, in the choir. And so if you give it its place, I think that this is one way to refresh everything. But the action is going to be on the phone.
2: All right. I, I love that Uh Love that message. Okay. Prince the backup singer. Now. It's the We're the <laughs> Supremes. We're Diana Ross, too, though. We're both. We're all of it, right? Isn't
0: this amazing to have someone who's done this for 40, 40 how many years? 46, 46 years to be designing everything from and ex- black and white news pages to the mobile device
2: yeah. now. Thank you so much for joining My us. My pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Okay. So please check out garciamedia.com for more wisdom and advice. And uh, if you have a question for Lane or would like to suggest a podcast topic, email it to rightlane at tampa bay.com. That's W R I T E e l a n e at tampabay.com and join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast this podcast was produced by Monica Herndon music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory thanks for listening